For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three stakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Fellow Falcoholics, wel- what is up? Welcome to another episode of the Falcoholic Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Knight at Falcoholic Kevin. Joined by a great guest today for our Falcons versus Browns week four game preview. He is Noah Schaefer at Brown Central underscore the host of the uh, Dog Check podcast with, uh, excuse me, Dog Check show with Eric Metcalf. You know, you know, maybe same thing. You, you know, you could argue one way or the other, but that's on the Believe Network. Uh, Noah, thanks so much for coming on. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for uh, having me on. Absolutely. Well, we got a, a pretty interesting game to to break down here. I think uh, as before this last week, uh, probably the line would have been a lot more favorable to the Browns, who I think have played remarkably well with Jacoby Brissett. I've been pretty impressed by him. Um, the Falcons found a way to actually get in the win column last week, uh, taking it to the Seahawks defense in particular. And I think that has moved things to a little bit more of a balanced situation. Browns also dealing with uh, quite a few injuries. So that's obviously something we'll talk about that could be, end up being a factor in this one. Um, but we'll start it off, as we always do, looking at the Falcons offense versus the opponent's defense. And uh, this is, the, starting with the weapons um, for the Falcons, this has been really the bright spot for Atlanta on offense this year, other than the run game itself, you know, with Cordero Patterson. But um, Drake London, has been excellent. Just everything Falcons fans have hoped for as the Falcons top receiver. Alameda Zacchaeus has really stepped up to be that wide receiver too. And then there's obviously Kyle Pitts to contend with. How has the, uh, the Browns secondary fared so far and how do you feel about those matchups going into this game? Yeah. So the first two, two games of the season, our big word was miscommunication. Um, gave up a big play to Robbie Anderson, gave up a big play to Corey Davis that ended up causing us the game in week two. So they have had a lot to deal with. Uh, they had a players only meeting uh, ahead of week three to make sure that everything was, was okay and sound. Um, and when they came out in week three, it was still kind of shaky in the first half, allowed 14 points in the first half um, to Mitchell Trubisky. And they ended up pulling it together in the second half, but it, it certainly is not where we expected it to be. Uh, last season, we had a top five defense and the secondary was a big part of that. So it's, it's kind of disappointing to see where we're at right now. And considering that Denzel Ward has just 
he seems to be playing flat. He's getting turned around on some some pretty simple routes and stuff that is very uncharacteristic for him. So um, it, it may be a feast for Atlanta's offense this this week. And if that's the case, it, it honestly would not surprise me. But I do think they could get it turned around. Yeah, you know, with someone like Denzel Ward, everyone knows how good he is. Now he's cropped up on the injury report. Is there any concern about his availability uh, for the game? Uh, no, not yet. Joe Woods has said that he's been out there, and it's typically how it is with Denzel. He has like a stinger or something, but he'll he'll power it through, and thankfully we're not going to miss him. Yeah, yeah, that that would be a big loss, even though he hasn't played well so far. We all know what he's capable of. Definitely one of the best young corners in the NFL, and sort of a similar situation with AJ Terrell, maybe not to the same extent, but he's got given up a few touchdowns early in the season, going up against a lot of good receivers, and um, we're not too concerned either about him, but sounds like a similar situation with Ward, just sort of uncharacteristic mistakes early on that probably going to get corrected over the course of the season if uh, history is any indication. So, um, yeah, moving on um, to the the run defense of the Browns, uh, actually on paper, pretty good. Um, and of course, when healthy, the Browns have a elite edge rushing duo with Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney. I know Clowney has missed, I believe, the last game and went out in week two. Miles Garrett, unfortunately, involved in a car accident. It seems like he's avoided serious injury, which is uh, terrific. Really glad to hear that. Um, seems like his status for the game is potentially in question, but um, there's a chance, I guess, is what they were saying today, that he could play. Of course, the Falcons uh, on the ground have been excellent so far. Not as good as the Browns <laughs> overall with Nick Chubb, but that's pretty hard to, to keep up with that. But um, Corderell Patterson's been awesome. Uh, one of the most productive running backs in the league so far, which has been really fun to watch him have this late career renaissance as a running back after playing basically his entire career as a receiver. Um, Falcons offensive line has been a little hit or miss, but they've been better than expected, especially as run blockers. How has the uh, the Cleveland run defense fared, and do you have any concern about the edge rushing duo potentially missing this one? Yeah, so I think our run defense has been uh, pretty good. We were able to contain Christian McCaffrey, and I know he didn't get a lot of usage in that first game, but um, he, he broke off for maybe one big run. But otherwise, he was able to be contained in week two. I really think that there's there's talent in that Jets backfield, but they were being used in the receiving game a lot. So that really wasn't a concern on the ground. Um, and against Najee Harris, we let up a touchdown. But, I mean, who isn't going to let up a touchdown against that big body running back? It's, it's really impossible to contain him. Um, so I'm not really concerned about our run stopping right now. We may miss Taven Bryan for this game. He went down last week with a hamstring injury, and he's been actually really good in the pass rushing department and in the run stopping department. Um, but I, there is a lot of defensive tackles on this roster, and they're, they're young, and they don't necessarily have the proven talent, but they do have the potential. And if they do need to step in, I think it's going to be a really fun rotation, and we can see what we got out of all of these guys. Um, and, you know, with Clowney and Garrett, I, I think Clowney might miss this game. That an ankle roll seemed to be pretty serious. And um, he, he left in a boot on Thursday or on the, uh, in week two. So yeah, yeah. if if we do miss him, we have an opportunity for Alex Wright to step up a rookie out of uh, Southern Alabama, uh, Southern Florida. And I, I really like what he puts on tape. He seems to. He seems to defend the run 
really well. And although he's not the the best pass rusher, he's definitely a great outside run stopper. And if we do miss Miles Garrett, which I would hope we rest him for this game. There's really no need to to rush him back right now. And even though he did suffer a minor injury, that's still something that could mess with your head a little bit. So um, if he is out, we have Isaiah Thomas that can can really play that outside run too. And, uh, you know, I, I like the talent that we have on this defensive line. Yeah, there definitely seems to be a good amount of depth, just sort of untested at this point. It seems like the Taven Bryan reclamation project is going pretty well. Uh, I think he's a good fit there. Definitely a lot of talent around him. And then Perrion Winfrey seems like he's probably going to get a lot of reps in this one if uh, guys are missing on the interior, uh, like Taven Bryan. Um, And Winfrey was a guy I absolutely loved. I watched him at the Senior Bowl, just dominated there. So uh, definitely we'll be excited to see him play. Uh, Hopefully he doesn't play too well against the Falcons, but, you know, the rest of the season I'll I'll be rooting for him. Um, At linebacker, it seems like there's been a rash of injuries there as well. I think Anthony Walker got hurt. Um, I don't remember if he ended up on IR or if he's possibly going to be coming back. Um, it looked bad at the time. Um, and then Ousa Koromoa has been on the injury report as well. So those are two starters. Um, any updates on, on those guys and their availability? Yeah. So Anthony Walker is out for the season. Uh, he tore his quad tendon, yeah, right. which is, is really unfortunate. Yeah. He was definitely the leader. Um, and JOK had a groin injury. They said they're going to take it slow. He's day by day. Um, but it's just going to see how he responds in practice and, and we'll see if we can get him ready. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that could be potentially a weak link there with two starters out. I know you have uh, Jacob Phillips, who's another guy, um, that I liked coming out, but, uh, a lot less experience there certainly with Anthony Walker out. And then of course, Usu Kormo offers so much as like a chess piece. So, um, that's something to monitor. I think, um, Falcons, will probably be trying to take advantage of linebacker matchups. They love to do that with Kyle Pitts. They did a much better job of getting him matched up on linebackers last week after not really targeting him all that much in the first two games, uh, interestingly. So that's probably something uh, for folks to monitor. Um, but I know like Sion Takitaki has been pretty good as well um, as someone who's who stepped up when he had to. So definitely interested to see that. Uh, how that plays out. And then obviously the same thing with the pass rush. Um, I think it probably comes down to, you know, how healthy the edge rushers are, but obviously when Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney are in there, it's a great pass rush. The Falcons uh, somewhat miraculously after being like the worst pass blocking line in the league last year have only allowed, I think uh, three sacks so far or four sacks total. Um, And a lot of that has to do with Marcus Mariota and his ability to evade pressure um, but yeah, I, I think that the pass blocking for the Falcons has been not as good as it might appear because Mariota has been able to escape, but, um, certainly if Garrett and or Clowney were to miss the game, that would probably help out the Falcons in that regard. How do you feel about the rookie's ability to, to rush the passer if they have to step up this week? Uh, I'm, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I definitely think they have the potential to be game changers. Um, if you look at their tape, I mean, Alex Wright isn't the fastest. He's not, you know, the strongest, but he has fast hands. I think that would definitely help him out. And Isaiah Thomas is just, he's kind of like a bowling ball. Um, he's not going to pancake somebody, but he can definitely move a big guy and and get back in the backfield and make a play. And we saw a little bit of that in the preseason. So I'm excited to see what he can bring and if Alex Wright can start to to really bring it together, that's going to be something somebody we're going to look forward to um, next season if Clowney decides to not resign and he'll be a big piece for us. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely interested to see if these guys have to step up how they look. Um, Falcons tackles, pretty solid so far, especially Jake Matthews as a pass protector. McGarry has always been up and down, so he's potentially someone you can take advantage of, but it's really the interior, uh, other than Chris Lindstrom, who's been elite this year. I think he's like a top three guard per PFF's yeah. grading. Uh, Drew Dahlman has struggled a little bit, mostly with the snapping. I think his PFF grade's a little harsh. Um, but you know, I think they ding him a lot for the mess, the messed up snaps. And then it, it seems like Elijah Wilkinson who missed last week with a personal matter, uh, will be back at left guard, but Colby Gossett, who actually stepped in, um, played pretty well. Uh, so I think they'll be okay at left guard, but, uh, Wilkinson has been a, a pretty reliable pass protector for them so far. So, um, we'll see. I think this is probably, probably one of the toughest tests, uh, if the Browns, defensive line is fully healthy certainly um but we'll, we'll see if the falcons sort of uh, sidestep it a little bit with with the the injuries but uh that's definitely a point of concern if, if they're fully healthy because uh, we've seen it garrett and Clowney can absolutely take over games with that with that pass rushing um moving on to the falcons offense against the browns defense or excuse me the other way Falcons defense versus the Browns because we just talked about the Falcons offense. You know, yeah. talked about it twice, I guess, but probably get a little repetitive. Um, Falcons defense has not been great, certainly uh, so far. Uh, they're like a bottom 23, 25 sort of ranked defense. Um, they've been solid against the run, about league average, um, but they haven't really faced a rushing attack like Cleveland's. Um, but looking first of all at sort of the outside matchups. Uh, Mari Cooper seems like he's been a big addition. Um, the, I think the other wide receivers maybe aren't as known. Uh, but how do you feel about the the Browns' ability to go up against the Falcons' secondary, which should be good? Uh, this, you know, they do have AJ Terrell, they have Casey Hayward coming over, and then they've gotten some decent contributions from their reserve slot players while Isaiah Oliver's out. But how do you feel about the passing game's ability to attack the Falcons' secondary? Yeah, so I think Jacoby Brissett was brought in as a guy, a, a clear veteran who knows how to read all sorts of defenses, and he's been able to show it. And Amari Cooper is obviously his favorite target. I believe Amari is taking up 33% of the, of the target share. And we haven't seen a lot from Donovan Peoples-Jones, Anthony Schwartz, David Bell, Michael Woods, people like that. So it may be interesting to see how the Falcons secondary kind of responds to that because if there is not a lot of people to, to pay attention to, what is that going to do for Amari? Are they going to try to get multiple bodies on Amari, just kind of throw some wrenches in his way when he's trying to run his routes. Um, so I, I really would like to see a lot more usage with our, you know, second and third receivers because there's talent there. Donovan Peoples-Jones showed what he could do in uh, 2020. And I think he really shined there as a number two. And then he tried to take over as a number one in 2021. That didn't really work out, but he has the talent and he's a very good re possession receiver. His catch radius is really nice. So I, I think we could definitely expand his usage this game. And, you know, David Bell is a really good slot receiver. I think we, we need to start using him a little more. Um, we have Kareem Hunt, obviously, in the passing game too, which has been pretty useful. Um, but this is definitely a game where our, our other receivers need to shine. And, you know, they're, they're a little rusty. So maybe the Falcons secondary just completely jumps it and gives us a little bit of an issue. But this will be the game. Yeah, it'll be the Falcons secondary certainly has been beatable, uh, mostly in zone coverage where they've just really had a lot of mistakes um, 
in man coverage, I think they've played really well, especially AJ Terrell. Um, so I'd expect them to. Terrell doesn't usually follow receivers. I don't know if they would consider doing it in this game because the Browns haven't really shown they can. The other receivers like are, are big threats, um, but I think they're pretty confident with Ter- Terrell and Hayward on the outside that like those guys can match up against most receivers. Um, but I do expect that we'll see like safety help. Um, probably uh, like slanted over to to uh, Cooper's side of the field when he's out there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm interested to see if the Browns do try to attack through the air with the receivers. I know also David Njoku has been finally utilized uh, a lot as a receiver in this one. Um, tell me about uh, Njoku finally sort of like, because I've drafted him in fantasy like I feel like the last three years, like, okay, the breakout's coming. And of course I didn't do it this year when he's actually getting targeted. But uh, what's going on with Njoku and, and how does how did they finally figure it out that they should actually throw the ball to this guy? Yeah, I mean, he had a 89.6 PFF grade, which is the third highest game of his career. Um, and he had 89 total yards and 57 of those yards were after the catch. So he's just, re- he's just a strong receiver. He obviously has that big frame and he likes to get physical. He has been counted out in the past, hasn't really been used. And, you know, he has something to prove this year, especially after getting a, a big contract, which many people believe he didn't really deserve. So this is definitely his year to really showcase what he has. And last year he flashed a, a, a lot of it. I think Baker really liked him um, and it, it paid off. So I really, really like what he has shown. He's emerged as a real good blocker too, which is something that we've, we've wanted him to become for a little bit. And his hands are finally no longer bricks, which is something that we have faced for the last couple of years. Um, so I, I really like what is happening right there, and he is just fantastic. And Jacoby is is really going to favor him, I believe, this game, and I, I'm excited for that. Yeah, yeah, I I, I do want to get your take on um, Brissett's play so far too, because I think people's expectations for the Browns were really low with him as the quarterback. Obviously, waiting for Deshaun Watson's suspension to end, um, you know, but I, I think he's played a lot better than people were expecting and has really had a, a, quite a command of the offense and been very efficient. Uh, tell me about Brissett. How, how has he looked overall? And are you really confident in his ability to sort of carry this team through the, the first 11 weeks before uh, Watson gets here? Yeah, I think he's just been spectacular the first three games of the season. Came out a little shaky week one, but really started to pull it together. And if the defense did their part, we, we could have came out there with a kind of an easy win and Jacoby would have kind of been the star for that. And week two and three, he was just fantastic. Week three at a 92.5 PFF grade. I was the highest on our team uh, by a pretty wide margin. And it's, it really shows how much work that Andrew Barry in this front office puts in. Um, I think, I have said this all along that Baker Mayfield was not a Kevin Stefanski quarterback. I think there was, uh, he was holding him back a little bit. So now you get a quarterback who doesn't really have that long arm, but he is able to take these reads, make quick decisions, uh, get the ball out quickly, which is exactly what Stefanski likes to do. And somebody like Amari Cooper is definitely aiding that. So Jacoby has just been fantastic. He understands that, once week week 12 comes around he may he's going to be out of that starting position so he's going to go out there win as many games as he needs to win and you know next year when he's a free agent who who needs a quarterback 
he can go in there and really show what he can do. So I, I really, really love what he has done for this offense. We really needed a leader uh, with some of the chemistry issues that we had last year. So he really brought us together. Yeah, yeah, it seems like that has really paid off. And I think Brissett's always sort of been an underrated quarterback. Um, I feel like this happens to a lot of, you know, quality black quarterbacks that could definitely be better than some of the starters that are out there. They just never seem to get another shot. We're seeing the same thing with Geno Smith now, finally getting a chance again to play and, you know, acquitting himself well. Um, So I'm happy for Brissett, certainly, that uh, the Browns gave him this chance. And I think he's certainly making the most of the opportunity and, uh, seems like he will get be getting an opportunity, much like Marcus Mariota of the Falcons, um, to yeah. finally, you know, again, get a chance to start and looking good. And maybe if it's, you know, obviously with Brissett, not the future in Cleveland, Mariota more than likely not the future in Atlanta, but getting sort of a chance to reignite their careers uh, and, you know, potentially sh- show that, you know, these guys are better than some of these other starters out here, uh, probably at least 10 of them. So, <laughs> it's just happy for these guys to get the chance and um happy that Brissett's taking advantage hopefully it doesn't take too much of an advantage of the, of the Falcons this week but you know going forward certainly <laughs> um but yeah with the the offensive lines the next place I want to go um always been a strength of the Browns uh when healthy at least um definitely a change at center with with Posich uh coming in and uh I know Jedrick Wills hasn't had the like elite start to the season. Um, it's been a little bit of a, of a slump for him early, um, but everyone knows how good he can be. And then, of course, the guards, probably the best guard duo in the NFL with Wyatt Teller and uh, Joel Batonio. I know Batonio popped up on the injury report. Is there any concern about his availability for this week? No, I think with every practice, he just he's a veteran he's been around long enough just kind of give him a day of rest or whatever but there's never really a a concern when he's on the injury report okay gotcha yeah it didn't seem like there was a high level of concern there so Mm -hmm. uh i know that is is someone that would be a big loss um and why teller i think is like the number one guard according to pff he's been tremendous once again how do you feel about this offensive line's ability to hold up against uh what's been a very lackluster i would say uh, defensive front of the falcons so far yeah i think like you said wyatt teller and joel batonia are are the best in the business um when you invest at at least 100 million dollars in your two guards you have a, a high standard for them and they've really shown how great they are um teller has ran into some uh uh penalty issues this season so i would like to see that get cleaned up um Jedrick Wills is just he's actually improved a little bit he's second in the NFL in pass block win rate at 97 percent which is actually really fantastic um I've been a huge critic of his and he's he's kind of shut me up a little bit and Jack Conklin coming off of his injury uh and surgery in the offseason came back last week and I, I think he did all right. Um, not much of a pass rush from the Steelers that night, but I think that he can start to work his way back into the fold and maybe the Falcons kind of take advantage of that a little bit. You send a couple of guys at him. I don't necessarily think he's going to be the fastest to get over there and make uh, a couple quick blocks, but he's a great run protector. And I think that this offensive line is, is, back into the form that they were in last year yeah yeah the falcons their thing is that they're going to blitz um that's that's sort of their calling card uh to get pressure because other than grady jarrett right now who of course is playing just excellent football once again 
once again, like the only guy on the defensive <laughs> line. Um, poor, I just really hope they get him some help uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, but they do have a couple of edge rushers now with, with Arnold Ebicady, the rookie who's played pretty well, and Lorenzo Carter, who's been a solid do-everything guy. Um, Taquan Graham has been a nice surprise, um, the fifth-round pick from last year, uh, as sort of the other starter opposite Jarrett. Um, but they really have needed to blitz to get consistent pressure. They did it really well against the Saints. They didn't do so hot with it against the Rams, and Seahawks was up and down. How have the Browns handled the blitz so far? I think Jacoby has definitely had some plays where he struggled with the blitz, um, but like I said, he likes to get the ball out really quickly, and we have two really good running backs who know how to throw their weight around, and they can definitely pick up some blocks. Um, Njoku and Harrison Bryant can come in and block as well, and we saw Blake Hans as our guard-tackle combo coming in at fullback on Thursday night. That was something I did not expect. I have not seen that at all in, in practice or anything like that. So that was a pl- uh, pleasant surprise. So if we can just add to those, add to that backfield and give Jacoby as much time as he needs um, to just get that ball out, I think we may have a great shot. And like you said, you guys love to bring pressure. Um, so th- this will be a good test to see what we can do going into teams like the chargers the bucks the patriots teams like that uh, i i think they've they've held up their end of of uh blitzing pickups this year so far yeah i know kareem hunt in particular has been one of the best pass blocking uh running backs which guys don't always get the credit for that but i know he's been really good there so that's definitely going to be a factor on sunday because the falcons are going to send pressure um but yeah i think they, the problem is, you know, generally when you blitz, you usually play zone behind it, um, especially against these quick hitting offensive attacks. And when the Falcons play zone, they tend not to do a great job. So it's sort of a, do you want to play man and maybe not have the best pass rush? Or do you want to play zone, send a blitz, maybe get home, but then there's often these big holes in the zone. So it's been sort of a, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't uh, defense so far. Um Thankfully, they've made enough plays against the Seahawks to finally get that W. But uh, it's been it's been up and down. But um, certainly better than last year. The Falcons have seven sacks already. Uh, notably for those uh, who aren't Falcons fans, Falcons had 18 sacks all of last season. Uh, so they're well on pace to beat last year's record uh, <laughs> of 18 sacks. Not the kind of record you want, unfortunately. But um, they should get more sacks than last year, at least. Uh, but still pass rush probably uh one of the the parts of the defense that really needs a lot of investment you know Atlanta dealing with I think the highest dead cap in history uh this year <laughs> I think like a, almost a third of their cap is dedicated to like Matt Ryan and still some Julio money and all this so um considering all that I think they've done an admirable job of putting together a roster that has not get gotten blown off the turf uh, every week so um good on them and uh you know I think this is going to be a good matchup here but going to the next aspect which would be the running backs of course we talked about Kareem Hunt and his pass blocking he's very dangerous as sort of a dual threat running back as well and then Nick Chubb just obviously the best pure running back in the NFL at this point um I know Cordell Patterson's you know actually on his heels a little bit uh surprisingly uh, (laughs) but uh Chubb just such a special runner of the football um and the Browns offensive line has been just elite at running it uh the Falcons have had running uh, their linebackers really step up. Uh, we've seen Rashawn Evans sort of um, really thrive in Dean P's defense. 
uh, after sort of struggling after he left Tennessee. And then Michael Walker, the uh, third-year linebacker for the Falcons, has been one of their best coverage guys. Um, he's has an interception. He's gotten his hands on two or three more that he dropped. Um, just a very dangerous zone coverage guy. But the tackling has been sort of a weak spot for him. So um, how do you think the the Browns running game right now, I think number one in the NFL in, in yardage and uh, like top five in yards per attempt, uh, how do you, you expect that part of the game to, to go against the Falcons' sort of average run defense? Yeah, I, you know, Nick Chubb is just fantastic. He's he's Cleveland's boy. Um, posted a video like before week one and was like, we're tired of losing. Goes out there, runs for 141 yards, and he's just been a tank this year. So it, I see no reason why we would stray away from the run game. Um, get Kareem Hunt a little bit more involved. I know he's fighting for a, a contract this year. And I think he deserves it. Uh, this offensive line has allowed them last time I checked to get 5.6 yards per carry. Like that is a nutty number. And uh, that's just insane. So Nick Chubb is obviously one of the, one of the best running backs that we've had in this franchise besides Jim Brown. And he, heck he could even get up to Jim Brown numbers at some point in his career. So any time that you can utilize this run game is is going to be lethal to any defense. Uh, if you can get your linebackers in there and just try to create some confusion for maybe our guards or Ethan Pochis, who it doesn't have the strongest feet under him. So it, as long as you can just kind of kind of knock him over a little bit, you may be able to get in there and, and stop us behind the line. Uh, but they are definitely some of the best running backs in the league and just hitting you over and over again is difficult for any defense. Yeah. Yeah. I think the key for the Falcons is going to be to just keep pace with the points because if they get down, um, the Browns are just going to level them with the run game. And that's of course what the Browns would love to do <laughs> against any of every single opponent. I'm sure um, to Atlanta's credit, the, the offense has actually been pretty good. Um, ninth in scoring so far, fifth in rushing. Um, you know, the Falcons have averaged uh, 4.9 yards per carry, which I thought was good until I heard the Browns number. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, they, it's not necessarily an insult that you're behind the Browns running game, which I think has been the number one in the NFL for several years now. Um, but uh, I think the key for the Falcons in this one is really to sort of keep pace in the scoring or, or try to get a lead um, early. The Falcons generally like to defer when they win the coin toss. Um, but if they do, you know, this is one of those games where it's like, oh, it might make sense to to get the ball first to try to get out ahead and, and prevent the Browns from just pounding the rock and, you know, carry, like running the ball 30 plus times in this one. Um, because I think if they get down and the Browns are able to play the game they want to play, uh, it's going to be really difficult for Atlanta. Um, what do you think some of the keys for the Browns to come away with the win in this one are? I think Jacob Phillips needs to have a big game. Um, like you said, Corio Patterson is, is really emerged as a really good running back in the last couple of years. And it, he's had some issues reading the gaps and coming in as the starting linebacker that's going to be charged with, probably be charged with the defensive play calling like Anthony Walker has um, and step into a big role, which he hasn't really seen yet, is going to be huge. So getting him going is going to be huge. Uh, Sione Takitaki is going to need to have a big game also to help defend that outside run. Um, and 
just our secondary needs to needs to lock in. We have a lot of big games ahead of us, and this is definitely a game where they're going to have some tough competition. Kyle Pitts and Drake London could have a, a huge game, and that's going to be horrible for our morale. So they got to come out and they got to play angry. They got to play tough and do kind of what they did last week. Um, I think the defensive line is just going to really, really have to lock in and show how they're going to play next year when there's no Jadavion Clowney. You guys are going to have to be the, the next guys up. So just play fast, play hard, and get to the quarterback as much as you can. And this usually would be a game where I would like Joe Woods to send a lot of pressure, uh, whether it be through the corners, safeties, linebackers, which is what we did in week one. But let's just kind of tamper this a little bit. We go against Lamar Jackson twice a year, and Marcus Mariota is a very mobile quarterback. So as long as we can keep a guy on him, if JOK is out, which is going to be a huge loss if he is, because he's our our guy that's everywhere. um, Keeping an eye on Mariota is going to be the key. Yeah, we've seen we saw in week one Mariota ran for like sixty yards, seventy yards on the Saints, and was that was a key part of that game. The last two weeks, much, uh, much lower rushing output, but they'll certainly try uh, to get Mariota involved at, at the very least to try to open up stuff for Patterson, who's been sort of the beneficiary of that aspect of the game as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I think for, in this, if, if the Browns were fully healthy, I think they'd probably be closer to like four or five point favorites in this one, but with all the questions surrounding. Clowney and Miles Garrett and the linebackers. Um, it, it could be a much more vulnerable Browns defense than a full health Browns defense would be. Um, and in that case, it could be a high scoring affair because both of these offenses have actually uh, been much better than expected to open the season. Like I said, Falcons are ninth. I believe the Browns are top 10 as well or, or close to it. So, um, you know, it's, uh, let's see, sixth. Yeah, the Brown. I mean, the Browns. Oh, 28.3 points per game. Yeah. Uh. That's, yeah. that's unfortunate number, but, uh, <laughs> um, I, I think it's going to be a pretty good game. And I think that's why we're seeing Vegas has set the over under at like 49, which I think is the hottest, the second highest of any game this week, despite the Browns having a good defense. I think there's concerns about the, uh, about the injuries. And then of course that these are two good offenses. So if, uh, and, and, uh, you know, a not great defense for the Falcons. So with all that considered, I, I would expect this if the Browns are as injured as, as they appear to be, to be a, uh, a fairly high scoring affair. And I think it's going to be all about, can the Falcons keep pace with Cleveland in this one? Because I think the Browns will be able to score points on the Falcons defense. So it's really a question of, can the Falcons keep up? Um, yeah. Any other, any other uh, notes, anything interesting uh, that you'd like to throw in here about this matchup uh, before we sign off? Um, not necessarily. I mean, like I said earlier, I would like to see Dominic Peoples-Jones get, get a lot of work in this game. And that's again, going to lead us into the next couple of games. So, and David Bell, Michael Woods, if he can finally start playing, uh, he's been dealing with an illness and a hamstring injury for, for a while. Um, I'd like to see him go. And Demetri Felton is somebody who, he really hasn't found his place in this offense yet. We saw him listed as a wide receiver and he's uh, truly a running back and he's just kind of fell off the face of the earth after some uh, punt and kick return trouble. And I'd like to see him find, find his spot in here soon. Um, And the special teams just needs to, we've had such an issue with the special teams the last couple of weeks. 
it's that's unacceptable. So we need to start making our kicks. We need to pray that there are no onside kicks. Um, I mean, last week, Anthony Schwartz, who barely plays snaps on offense, had to bat the ball out of bounds to to make sure the Steelers didn't recover an onside kick. And it's coming to a point where Mike Prefer could be on the chopping block, and it's it's not a really good spot right now. But other than that, I think we are finding our stride. The offense is is definitely developing. The defense is getting there, and it's going to be a really good matchup on Sunday. Yeah, the special teams is interesting because the Falcons have been uh, one of the best special teams uh, units so far in the league in terms of both coverage, punting, and kicking. Obviously, Young Way Koo, uh, a huge weapon for the Falcon for the Falcons. Uh, missed one kick. Well, technically missed two. One of them being like a sixty-four yard prayer that was blocked. Um, so you know, I don't really count that as like a full miss. But um, I know Cade York, the rookie, has been a little bit up and down. So that if it, this ends up being close, that could certainly be something to monitor. Um, and the Falcons coverage on special teams has actually been really good for a change. So that could be something to keep an eye on as well. Um, but yeah, for the Falcons side of things, I know fans have really wanted to see more Kyle Pitts. We finally got to see more of him last week. Um, I suspect he will continue to be a bigger and bigger part of the game plan. They're starting to get more creative with how they're utilizing him now, especially that Drake London is starting to actually take attention away from him. Um, the Falcons have actually got pretty good contributions from Kadero Hodge, former Brown. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's like the fourth leading receiver on the team. He's been sort of the the clutch big play guy, strangely. Um, just He's been catching a lot of these intermediate targets. I think his yards per catch is like 19 right now, just because he's, oh, wow. he's caught like four passes, but they've all been for like 20 yards. So um, happy to see uh, him doing that. But I know... Um, Fans are sort of trying to figure out the the depth receivers and all these things, and it's like they're, the Falcons just don't throw the ball that much. Uh, they threw the pa- they threw the ball twenty times last week. Um, there's just not that many targets to go around, especially when you have target hogs like Drake London and Kyle Pitts, who are probably going to get you know seven plus each. So um, definitely some some weapons, uh, and I think I think if all if all goes as expected, we could see some fireworks out there. Um, Falcons haven't played particularly well at home under Arthur Smith so far, but They've only had one home game this year, uh, and they they almost came away with the victory against the Saints, really should have. Um, so I, I am interested to see if they can sort of break the uh, the streak a little bit uh, and come away with the home home victory. But I uh, would not be shocked at all if Cleveland comes out on top, because I do think this is actually a really close matchup, as the really close uh, point spread seems to suggest. But what is your uh, prediction for the game, uh, officially? I'm going to say 24-17, Browns come up uh, with a win. I I know, like we talked about, defense hasn't been great on our side. So, I mean, obviously a, a couple of touchdowns isn't going to really hurt anybody, but Jacoby has been locked in. Receivers need to be locked in. That could be a, a really stellar game for this offense. Yeah, yeah. I, I think something in that realm is pretty close to what I would predict. I think I was going to go 24-20 uh, Falcons. Um and I, I think it could be a missed kick that makes it that mm-hmm. that big of a difference. Like, I think that that could end up being a, a crusher that ended up hurting the Falcons in week two against the Rams when they were down four at the end as well. So um, I think it could come down to one play like that, though. Uh, that's sort of been the Falcons' MO this season is, is their point differential, you know, is minus one. So they've been 
keeping all these games close, I expect that to, to stay the same. And I think this is one of the biggest coin flips of the week, uh, which should result in it being a good game. I was definitely impressed with the Browns on Thursday night last week. Uh, what could have been a real snooze fest uh, ended up being a pretty great game. So uh, props to the Browns for that one. Um, hopefully this one will be good as well and got to stay healthy both sides. So for sure. All right, guys, he is Noah Schaefer at Brown Central underscore uh, host of the dog check show on the Believe Podcast Network with Eric Metcalf. Uh, anything else, Noah, you'd like to plug before we get out of here? Uh, you can follow my Instagram at Brown Central. I had to drop the underscore on Instagram, just make it a little <laughs> more professional. But, yep, that's uh, that's about it. You can come in and listen to our podcast and uh, listen to our Falcons post game and pregame. And, yeah, just come in and drop us a follow. Absolutely, guys. Appreciate Noah's time today. I'm Kevin Knight at Falcoholic Kevin on the Twitters. You can check out the Falcoholics written content at thefalcoholic.com. We will also be having a post-game show on the Falcoholic Live on YouTube on Sunday, immediately following the game. Uh, definitely like and subscribe. Give us a five-star review. All those usual YouTube slash podcast platform things. Uh, if you're interested in supporting the show, you can check us out on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Falcoholic Live uh, for early access to all the podcast episodes, including this one and some other exclusive content. Uh, we appreciate everyone for supporting us there. Appreciate everyone for tuning in and watching us. Uh, looking forward to this Falcons versus Browns clash in week four. Could be one of the sleeper good games of the week, I think. So uh, definitely excited to see this one play out, guys. We will talk to you again on Sunday for the post game show. Until then, guys, enjoy Thursday night football. We will see you next time on the Falcoholic Live. Have a great day, folks. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.